0: Welcome to this week's episode of the Jewish Diaspora Report. On this week's episode, we look into the recent controversy over Jewface, and if Jewish actors should be playing Jewish roles in movies. Let's get started. Many of our listeners may have come across the latest controversy on the internet and amongst Jewish social media activists. Recent photos have been released from the set of the upcoming film Maestro, where actor Bradley Cooper is playing the iconic Jewish composer Leonard Bernstein. Bradley Cooper has been called out by many for wearing a prosthetic nose, which makes his nose look much bigger than it would naturally. The idea that's been floating around the internet is that the filmmakers, possibly unintentionally, stumbled upon the unfortunate large-nosed Jewish stereotype when trying to make Bradley Cooper look more Jewish for his role. On this week's podcast, we're going to look into the issue of Jewface in Hollywood and the controversy to make non-Jewish actors look more, quote, Jewish, rather than using Jewish people to play those roles. The term Jewface is a play on the very unfortunate issue in the recent past of white actors playing African characters by painting their faces dark with some type of paint, in addition to adding exaggerated and stereotypical features, which is commonly referred to as blackface. One of the first issues that we can explore is the concern amongst some that Jewish roles should be given to Jewish actors. With the somewhat limited roles for Jewish characters, why not give the chance of Jewish actors to play those roles? A similar call has been recently made in Hollywood for other minority groups to get access to certain roles that were more traditionally reserved for white actors. An example of this is when the internet was hoping for the James Bond franchise to expand from their traditional six generations of white men from the UK to a possibly minority figure, like Idris Elba, a black man from the UK. We also saw a similar situation with the television series Batwoman, which was originally cast with the actress Ruby Rose, an Australian white woman, playing the lead role, until the studio decided, in season two, to change the main character. The entertainment world and audiences around were so excited to hear that the role was then given to Javicia Leslie, a black woman from the LGBTQ community, in order to diversify the role. There has been more and more of a push to find different and authentic actors in the roles that they play, which includes race, developmental and physical disabilities, and now even religion and culture. Two very recent examples of this would be in the case of Bradley Cooper, a non-Jewish actor playing the Jewish composer Leonard Bernstein or Dame Helen Mirren, in the recently released Golda, a non-Jewish, non-Israeli actress playing the role of an Israeli Prime Minister, which has also caused a great deal of controversy. While the entertainment world is looking to diversify in their casting and give roles to those who can provide an authentic lens to the part, this does not seem to extend to the Jewish roles and Jewish characters. Before we discuss this issue, I want to point out that this isn't a new thing. This isn't the first time we've seen Jewish characters on the silver screen. Putting aside the typical tropes and conspiracy theories about how the Jews run Hollywood, the history of the Jewish people in Hollywood goes right back to its inception. According to the historians Huberman and Chandler, the Lower East Side of New York was the cradle of the movie industry. The origins of Hollywood were to be found in the new, substantially immigrant mass audiences, and its founding fathers were amongst the entrepreneurs of New York's preeminent pre-World War I Jewish neighborhoods. And as the American film industry moved west, centering on Hollywood in California, Jews were quite involved in the film industry, in all of its facets, from the executives and the producers to the creatives like directors, writers, and performers, even contributing to the development of the studio and star systems that we know today. Many of the men who created Hollywood were Jewish. For example, Adolf Zucker, one of the three founders of Paramount Pictures, was a Jew from Hungary. Another Jew from Hungary, William Fox, founded Fox Film Corporation. Louis B. Mayer, born in Russia, co-founded Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, better known as MGM, with another Jew from Austria, Marcus Lowe. Warner Brothers, a studio that many of us know today, was actually founded by Harry, Albert, Sam, and Jack Warner, four Jewish brothers, three of which were from Poland. The list can go on forever of the Jewish minds behind the film and entertainment industries before World War II. At the time that Hollywood was developing, anti-Semitism was a widespread issue in the United States, and due to that, it played major roles in the development of the film industry. During the 1930s and 1940s, the rise of Nazism in Europe saw large migrations of Jews, particularly to the United States. However, Jewish studio heads, afraid of the backlash of showing ethnically Jewish characters, shied away from portraying Jews in their films. The result was the likes of The Life of Emily Zola, And They Won't Forget, two films about Jews which never even used the word Jew. Even during World War II, Hollywood shied away from discussing the Holocaust in film, with the exception of the 1940s' The Great Dictator. This may have actually been the start of hiding Jewish characters' voices and stories from the American public. There were, however, Jewish actors that were very famous during this period. Many of them had to change their names or hid their Jewish identity as actors. Famous actors and superstars of that generation may have felt that they had to hide their religion and background in order to survive in this industry. The likes of the incredibly famous Kirk Douglas, who changed his name from Isher Danilovich to hide his Russian-Jewish roots. Or similarly, the famous actress and socialite Zsa Zsa Gabor, who was actually born Sari Gabor of Budapest, Hungary, but changed her name as she began her career. There are countless actors who felt the need to change their name to not be seen as Jewish. This was possibly because of American anti-Semitism in the 1920s, 30s, and 40s. So we can see how the studio heads, many of which who were Jewish, avoided including Jewish characters and stories at their studios. And the Jewish actors and superstars of their time who downplayed their own faith and culture as a method to fit in with mainstream American film culture. So how did we get from hiding Jewish stories to producing films about Jewish characters and needing to find actors to play these roles? One of the first and most classic film about openly Jewish characters is the 1956 portrayal of the Ten Commandments by famous Christian director Cecil B. DeMille. Notably, this film may have been about Jewish characters like Moses, Joshua, and other biblical characters. However, the filmmakers had no intention of suggesting that this was a film for or about the Jewish people. This, in fact, was much more geared towards the American Christian audiences of the 1950s. So it is not all surprising that the filmmakers decided not to use any Jewish actors to play the Jewish roles in the film, most notably Charlton Heston, playing the role of Moses, John Carradine playing his brother Aaron, and John Derrick, who plays the role of Joshua. None of these famous American actors were Jewish, playing key roles from the Hebrew Bible or the Torah. One of the first real Jewish stories about Jewish issues, not really intended to be viewed through the Christian lens, is the 1960s film Exodus. As a side note, I would highly recommend this movie to all of my listeners. Based on real events, Jewish director Otto Preminger produced and directed a film about the refugee ship of Jewish survivors fleeing post-World War II Europe for British Palestine. The story follows the refugees in displaced persons camps who board an illegal ship run by the Jewish Haganah forces in order to bring them to, at that time, the British Mandate for Palestine and freedom. This incredible story follows many characters throughout the ordeal, British, Jewish, and Arab, and takes the Jewish refugees from the camps in Europe to British camps in Cyprus to the final re-establishment of the modern state of Israel. Preminger actually chose to cast a Jewish actor to play the main role of Ari Ben Kanan, a Haganah leader. Paul Newman, an incredibly famous American actor who was half-Jewish on his father's side, played the main role. Personally, I think this was a great choice from an actor perspective, although unfortunately almost all other actors playing the role of Jewish characters in this film were not Jewish. We at least saw a small improvement in Jewish people telling Jewish stories for the silver screen. We had a Jewish director and a Jewish actor playing the main role of a Jewish fighter, although I am not sure how openly Jewish Paul Newman was at the time, which may have made it a little bit easier for the American public. Ironically, as a side note, John Derrick, a non-Jewish actor who played the character of Joshua in the Ten Commandments, also was in the film Exodus. This time he played an Arab Muslim. Clearly authentic actors and characters were not as important in Hollywood at this period in time. Following the Exodus film in the 1960s, there is the 1971 movie that almost every Jewish person has either seen or at least heard of, Fiddler on the Roof. This was yet another Jewish-directed film, but this time it was by Norman Jewison. He tells the incredible Jewish story of a traditional Jewish man in Russia who has to deal with modernity and religious liberalism when his daughters are seeking partners for marriage. This very uniquely Jewish story did have some more Jewish characters, many of which, including the main character, were played by Jewish people. This was becoming a big change from the initial views of Hollywood studio heads, avoiding Jewish stories, and Jewish actors hiding their religion and culture. We have seen that Jewish stories were important to tell and needed to get out to the public. So now that we have seen that Jewish stories are becoming more and more popular and important to tell, this brings us to the second issue of this controversy. If we're going to tell Jewish stories, do we need Jewish directors and most importantly Jewish actors to represent these Jewish characters? On its face, it seems pretty clear that an authentic person playing a role is ideal. Having a person who's lived or experienced that same challenge or issue as their character, in theory should create a more authentic account of that person's life. However, I really do believe that the best actors are able to research, speak to relatives or the person themselves in order to gain methods to best learn how to play that character. Two examples of actors who did their homework in order to play someone very different from themselves comes from two of my favorite movies and television shows. Not ironically, both of these examples come from my favorite director and producer, Steven Spielberg. One of the most influential films in Jewish and non-Jewish history is Steven Spielberg's Schindler's List. This is another recommendation of mine for anyone who's not yet seen it, as tragic and realistic as it is. Steven Spielberg cast Liam Neeson, an Irish actor, to play Oskar Schindler, an Austrian Nazi war profiteer and eventual righteous person among the nations. His performance was nothing short of incredible, playing a role that was nothing like his personal experience. However, the more incredible performance was from the non-Jewish actor Sir Ben Kingsley, who played the role of Itzhak Stern, a Jewish man behind Oscar Schindler's every move, saving the Jews. His performance was nothing short of unbelievable. These are two actors who are nothing like the characters that they play, but through hard work, research, and their acting skills, were able to give a performance of a lifetime. In fact, the performance given by Liam Neeson got him an Academy Award nomination that year, Another example of great acting is from spielberg produced HBO miniseries called Band of Brothers. In this miniseries that followed an American paratrooper unit throughout their European war experience, we see the portrayal of the real American Jewish paratrooper Joseph Liebgott, played by non-Jewish actor Ross McCall. Despite not being Jewish himself, McCall did a great job of portraying the anti-Semitism that his character fought while in the US military, when standing up proudly as a Jewish soldier to his non-Jewish countrymen. However, it's in the episode, Why We Fight, after the paratroopers come across a Nazi prison camp filled with dead and near-dead Jewish prisoners, that McCall was able to put his acting skills on full display. Liebgott, the Jewish translator and paratrooper, was ordered to tell all of the living prisoners that they needed to be locked in the camp again in order to ensure that the prisoners do not eat themselves to death after years of starvation. McCall's face quivers as he tries to hold back his tears, telling the prisoners that they will have to be locked in the camp again, eventually falling to his knees in tears over the realization of what had transpired, but also his role in having to put these Jewish prisoners back in a Nazi camp. Even speaking about this scene in the podcast gives me goosebumps, because it is so powerful, and it does not require McCall to be Jewish in order to play this scene so well. It seems clear that the ability to connect with and play a Jewish character does not solely rely on similar background. Some roles, if done properly, could be played by a non-Jewish actor, but should they? I think that there are so many facets of becoming and portraying a character, and to understand that character's backstory is really only one of them. If a director is able to find a Jewish actor who is able to start from a place of understanding their character because of their own history, it would be a head start towards the better performance. However, filmmakers may decide, for many other reasons, why other actors, including non-Jewish ones, could also play that role. Should filmmakers seek out authentic voices to play their characters first? Absolutely. However, I wouldn't say that non-Jewish actors cannot play Jewish roles, if they are willing to put in the work. One thing that you will notice, if you've seen any of these movies or television shows that I've mentioned earlier, Those Jewish characters either looked Jewish because they were Jewish, or they may not have looked stereotypically Jewish because instead they focused on how they emotionally portray the character in the best way possible. This is where times have changed, and I do not think for the better. Maybe it is because audiences are demanding more and more realism. More and more people today are trying to put as much effort into their physical portrayals of their character as they used to put into their emotional. This brings us to the film of Bradley Cooper and Dame Helen Mirren, In the movie Maestro, produced, directed, and starring Bradley Cooper, he made the decision to make himself look more like the person who he's portraying by adding an elongated and enlarged nose. However, when people put these photos of Cooper and Bernstein together, the prosthetic nose is evident and not very authentic to the character. Some could suggest that this is just a bad choice of the special effects makeup people, but others suggest that there's an unconscious bias that some have unintentionally fallen into. When you're preparing to make a person look more Jewish, they lean on the stereotype of a large nose, and therefore, this has to be exaggerated to appear realistic, even if it doesn't look like the original person you're portraying. This is how we get a Bradley Cooper with an elongated and large nose that doesn't look like the character he's portraying. Similarly, in Dame Helen Mirren's portrayal of Israeli Prime Minister Golda Meir, she adds extensive special effects makeup to try and make her look more like the late Prime Minister. This includes adding a much larger nose and more facial features to have a unique look more like Golda had. Should filmmakers possibly be looking for someone who maybe looks a little bit more like Golda rather than trying to recreate her features using prosthetics, including this mysteriously larger nose? Or maybe they should have kept to a somewhat older tradition of focusing on the emotional elements of a character rather than the physical features. Why are we casting these people that need such a large makeover? Are there no Jewish actors that look Jewish enough? Are these non-Jewish actors who do not, quote, look Jewish, taking roles that could have been given to someone from the large Israeli film industry, filled with actors who may provide a much more authentic portrayal? In the end, I'm not sure if there really is an answer to many of these questions. Should more Jewish actors be given the opportunity to play the increasingly Jewish roles in Hollywood? On the other side of that coin, does it also mean that Jewish people should no longer be offered non-Jewish roles? Israeli actress Gal Gadot, a powerhouse in Hollywood these days, has been given a number of non-Jewish roles, like Wonder Woman, and most recently named the lead role in Cleopatra, an Egyptian queen during the Roman Empire. Should these parts maybe go to a more authentic actor? For those who call for all Jewish parts to be played by Jewish actors, We really shouldn't be hypocrites and say it's okay for Gal Gadot to play an Egyptian and an Amazonian, but not okay for anyone else to play a Jewish character. What I assume we can all agree with here is that these stories should be told, and if or when they are told, they should have someone in these roles who understands the emotional blueprint of their character and can try their best to give as authentic a portrayal as possible, which may include looking for people with a similar background or culture who will better understand that blueprint. What is definitely clear in these recent incidents is that the filmmakers should stop trying to heighten the realism of their films only by making their characters, quote, look more Jewish, with stereotypical facial features of a, quote, Jew. Can we not just go back to letting good actors play good roles? And we as an audience will forgive if they don't look exactly like the original person? As if we're all sitting in the theater with our photo of Golda Meir in our pocket in order to compare? Maybe this is a sign that the stories that we are telling are not good enough to hold the attention of audiences and suspend the belief that this is not really gold on my ear, unless we add tons and tons of special effects and makeup. A movie like Schindler's List did not require Sir Ben Kingsley to put on a prosthetic nose or any kind of facial features. But one thing that many people are missing here is that we should be happy to see Jewish stories told on the silver screen and no longer hidden like they were in the early days of the Hollywood system. Seeing our people, our stories, and even our culture being laughed at, like in Adam Sandler's new Netflix show about bat mitzvahs, can make us so proud to be Jewish and to share our history and culture with the world. This has been another episode of the Jewish Diaspora Report. Don't forget to check us out on social media at jdr.podcast and check out some of our other episodes on your favorite podcast source. We'll see you next time.